is saturated on differentiating the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world. Too many Christians claim to be saved, but their whole lives are guided by the wisdom of the world. And God keeps saying, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Because we really don't see what God sees. And I've learned that in life, if you ever want to pray about anything, you need to pray about wisdom. Lord, show me what I can't see. Give me oversight, insight, foresight, and a perspective on my hindsight. James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And this wisdom, this wisdom begins in Proverbs, this manual, this SOP on wisdom, in Proverbs, in chapter 1, verse 7, where Solomon says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning point of wisdom. That you can't even get God's wisdom unless you reverence him. Can I get a witness? It starts with you respecting, reverencing, falling prostrate before his presence, confessing that you can't see anything without him. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then in chapter 4, verse 7, he says, in all thy getting, get wisdom, for wisdom is the principal thing. Whatever you do, get wisdom, which is God's applied knowledge, which brings faith, freedom, and fruitfulness. And this wisdom of God carries with it the weight of knowledge, which is defined as an awareness of facts, understanding, which is a comprehension of related facts, instruction, discretion, and learning, which are the benefits and blessings that come along with God's wisdom. Don't move without wisdom. As the commercial says, don't leave home without it. And the reason being is because you and I cannot see what only God can see. Mm, my God. Conversely, the opposite of the, we, the, the wisdom of the world is pursuing pleasures, prosperity, personal greatness. And, and, and Solomon deals with that not only in the poetic book of the Proverbs, but he deals with it in the poetic book of the Ecclesiastics where Solomon says, I've done it all. And those pursuits are fleeting. They disappear. They're futile, yeah, meaning that they add up to nothing. They'll leave you in disappointment and they end in failure, which is defeat. We're in the context of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, and we dealt with Paul writing to this saved church, but the church is defiled. They are divided, a lot of divisions, and they are disgraced before God. Isn't it something that we can be saved and be a disgrace to God? On our way to glory, but being reprehensible to his name. And the interesting thing here is that Paul is writing to born-again believers in Jesus Christ, and he's dealing with the failure of their faith, the damaging of their fellowship, 
and the lack of fruit being produced by their lives. That Paul uses this word wisdom, which in the Septuagint, Old Testament Greek, and in the Hebrew is Sophia. Sophia is the word for wisdom, but Sophia deals with God's wisdom from Romans eleven thirty three. for of him, through him, to him, all things. He's an all-wise God. But the interesting thing about wisdom is that it's applied knowledge. When, when Paul's dealing with wisdom, he's not dealing with the word Sophia, which is God-related. He's dealing with the Greek word phronesis, which is a wisdom given by God to man. In the word phronesis is the word phone. God phones us up and gives us wisdom. My God. <clears throat> Turn to your name and say, I need a phone call. most extraordinary text in the New Testament that's used or should be used for families. We ought to be praying for our children, not that they complete their degrees and get a great job in corporate America. That ought not be your first prayer. Not that they would be safe as they go up and down the highways. Not that they'll stay out of trouble, but the first prayer is in Ephesians 1, beginning of verse 17, 18, on turn, that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. That, that ought to be prayer, our, our prayer for our families. Lord, <laughs> I'm not going to be with them forever. Lord, I'm not going to be able to see them forever. Lord, I'm not going to be able to hear them forever. But God, if you would just fill them with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom, when they go to make a decision and I'm not there, your spirit will lead them. Are y'all getting this? Trouble them when they're getting ready to do the dumb thing. Shake them when they're getting ready to do the out of line thing. Close the doors when they're getting ready to do something out of your will. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Some of y'all look at me like, I would never pray. You better pray. See, see, excuse me. Let me, let me, let me take a commercial break. Uh, yeah, yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to that old song. Somebody prayed for me. Had me on their minds and took the time to pray for me. And I'm so glad they prayed. I'm, I'm, I'm just so glad they prayed. Can I get a witness? That, that when we begin to look at this matter of Paul differentiating the wisdom of the world from the wisdom of God, and I want you to see wisdom as sight. Sight. God gives us sight. Every time I go to the optometrist, I never wore glasses. I only need them for reading now. And I can see you far away. But when I'm reading little print, I need some help. Are y'all with me? I don't need glasses to drive. I can see up the road, Doc. But I, if I'm reading something, I got I to gotta have me some glasses. And when I go to that optometrist, hello, Mr. Gordon, how are you? Everything is just, you know, great. They take me through a series of tests and 
put me in a dark thing and when you see the beep, when you see the light, hit the button and that's fun. Bing, 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 bing. I get them all right. Bing, 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 bing. I say, boy, I'm doing good. When you see the light in your peripheral, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Hit the button, bing, bing, bing. I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm doing great. Then he says, all right, come on back, sit in the chair. I sit in the chair and he puts up the chart, turns the lights out, puts a little light on the chart. Now, listen to pastor because what you are able to see, you got to see in darkness. <laughs> ah. And then he says, read the smallest print. I said, P, Z, D. And I'm always choosing something I know I can't see. I, I know good and well. I chose the last row. I can't see a thing on that last row. So then he said, all right, cover that eye, put the other eye. And then the doctor will say, all right, let's do this. Put your head to this machine. Now I'm reading. And while I'm reading it, he's going boom, boom, boom. He's changing lenses. Are y'all with me? And that which I could not see is now this big. <laughs> do I have a witness? So I get happy in the chair. Z, D, D. He says, good. What I don't know is that it's not good because by the time he finishes shifting them lens, I need bifocals. <laughs> and that's what the Spirit of God does. Read what you can read. And what God begins to do is, amen, help us to see. Help us to see what we could not see before. Well, I'm dating a young lady and she's mighty pretty. She's, she's a nice Christian lady. You can't see. You, you, better, you better ask God for some sight. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching up in this place now. And we've been dating for two years. That's two years too long. You, 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 you better ask for some sight, Doc. Praise the Lord. Can I get a witness? Here's a test. Take her to the mall, and if every other man know her, don't fool with her. Thank you, Jesus. You, the fact, fact of the matter is, that's tight, isn't, isn't that tight? <laughs> Leave that one alone. Look at this. Oh, Lord. I'm going to hear a kickback on that one. Jesus. God wants to give us sight. In this text, there are three classifications of people. The spiritual discerning person, the unsaved person, and the carnal Christian whom if you look at them close enough, you can't tell the difference between them and an unbeliever. This text is loaded. And the first thing we see here is we see a redeemed wisdom of God's saints, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. I want to go through this very meticulously because this is a teaching ministry and you will learn more in this church than some people learn all their lives. Because we teach the text. The text is inspired. The text is infallible. The text is God's word and his word is above his name. Paul 
says, chapter 2, verse 1, and I, brethren, now, now stop, look back at verse 31, because chapter 131 says, let him that want to glory, let him glory in the Lord. And conjunction, meaning it's a connective of the last verse, dealing with the context of glory. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. One of my concerns in these last days, and we are living in the last days, the last days started at the cross 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crucified. We're in the last days. The rapture could take place at any moment. Can I get a witness? Paul is going back. When he began his preaching, all the way back in the book of Acts. Now hold your finger there. Turn back to Acts chapter 17. Real quickly, it's the Acts is an historical book, not doctrinal. It's the founding of the church at Thessalonica. Are you with me? And then he and Paul goes to Berea, verse 10. Then they go to Athens, verse 15. Then he goes to Mars Hill, verse 22. Now, now hold your finger there because look what Paul says in chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolosis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went into unto them three days, three Sabbath days. And here's the context of his preaching. He reasoned. The word reason in the Greek means he gave argumentation to the text. He argued the text. We can't argue the text if we don't know the text. He, he look what it says. He, he reasons and out of the scriptures, first 39 books, opening, verse 2, he gave explanation of the text and alleging he proved the text that Christ must have needed to suffer, rose from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is the Christ. Are you getting this? Mm -hmm. But as you go through the chapter 17, because the church at Corinth was found in chapter 18, chapter 19, as you go through chapter 18, he gets to Mars Hill in Athens, and he begins to debate the intelligentsia, I was trying to say that word this morning, <laughs> intelligentsia, those that have all the doctorates, the orators, the philosophers, the Epicureans, the Stoics. These Epicureans were people who were atheists and held a position, amen, that was contrary to Scripture. Yeah. In other words, they were the modern-day uh, Darwinists, evolutionists. Let me, let, me, let me stop. You know, you send your kids, I send my kids to college, they, they sit under these profs that are not safe. They come home with a bunch of jargon that's hell language. The Bible says the fool have said in his heart, there is no God. Isn't that right? And evolutionists have a problem. Why? Because the laws of evolution can be refuted by the second and third laws of thermodynamics. The second and third laws of thermodynamics says that everything is wearing away. Evolutionists claim everything's getting better. All you got to do is look down at the, 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 the heel of your shoes, you're wearing away. Amen. Your clothes are wearing away, your car's wearing away, your hair will wear away. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Everything's wearing away. Are you with me? What frightens me about this time is that nobody wants to get into the exposition, exposition of the word. 
We live in an age of existentialism, which is a theological term for experience. I need to experience something, which is part of the reasoning of the occult. I can't believe the word of God because that's just exposition. I need to feel something. I need to experience something. And what's so demonic about that is Satan will let you experience some things. Mm. My God. That when we begin to look at this argument of Paul, not only the Epicureans, but the Stoics who were pantheists, believing that God is in everything. He's in this wooden pulpit. He's part of everything. They were atheists. They didn't believe in the concept of an all-wise, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God. And by the way, America was not found on Christian principles. I'm hearing that now. America was found by deists. Yeah, the, fa- the forefathers were deists. They had a concept of God. On, on your dollar bill, in God we trust. A concept of God. No personal relationship with God. A concept of God. Yeah, that when we begin to look at this argument of Paul, Paul is saying, I let myself get caught up in this orator with these intelligent, unsafe, hell-bound people. And for a minute, I left Jesus Christ. So by the time he gets back into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because they argue around the unknown God and amen, it's all in this 17th uh, 17th chapter of Acts. Very, very interesting. Paul is a theologian and he is really dealing with their concept of God. See, that's why I, I love my Jesus. Jesus was so deep. Jesus told his disciples one day, he said, come on, guys, let's take a walk. Where are we going? We're going down to Caesarea Philippi. Follow me. And what was that Caesarea Philippi? It was, it was a, listen, it was a place where all of the known gods had statues. So he takes his disciples down to Caesarea Philippi. They're looking at all these statues called gods. And Jesus says, who do men say that I am? One, one, one disciple said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. So Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? That's the most important question you will ever answer in your life. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? So Peter said, thou, he said, thou art the Christ, Messiah, Christos, son of the living God. Now watch the sight, watch the wisdom. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father, who's in heaven, he gave you a phone call for Nisus. He called you up when I asked the question. And he told you who I was. And he said, upon this rock, he's talking about himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. Satan will take every shot he can, but it won't mean a thing. Can I get a witness? Satan has some power, but I've got all power. Satan is a prince, but I'm a king. Can I get a witness? Satan might work it in, but God will work it out. Won't he do it? Hmm. 
Jesus. He says, I, he says, listen, I, I need to preach a new message. Look at chapter two. My message is a declaration, verse one, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Look, look, look. He says, I'm not coming with uh, orator speech. I'm not coming with intelligentsia of doctor's degrees and lawyers. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a simplistic message and I'm declaring something. I'm declaring that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not only am I declaring, but verse 2 and 3, I'm determined. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. No, 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 wait a minute. You mean we can't get into some hieroglyphics of theology? No, no, no. Paul says, nope, we're going to stay on Jesus. Everything, all roads lead to him. All wisdom leads to him. Even Jesus said, search the scriptures, they speak of me. Can I get a witness? See, 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 the, the reason the church is so ignorant and, and divided and in disaccord, defiled and disgraced is because we don't know anything about the salvation we have. We, we, we haven't been taught a thing. Preachers and pastors and bishops and evangelists get up here talking about prosperity, money, supernatural healings. Can I get a witness? They're itching ears. They're telling cliches. Can I get a witness? They're they just telling you what you want to hear. You come to church to get something. You didn't come to church to give something. You, you came to church to get something. Can I get a witness? And you need an emotional, yeah, sedative for the next five days. Can I get it? You need to ease your guilt by coming to church. But if you ever understood the scriptures, and the Bible says, well, who are you? I am a royal priesthood. Yeah, I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I was born twice, but I'm going to die once. Can I get a witness? When you understand what the Bible says, can I get a witness that he says, not only did I declare verse 1, but I'm determined, verse 2, and look at this, don't miss this, and, I'm, and, and, and this life has been, verse 4, demonstrated. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Here, here's the essence of what Paul is saying. When I preach... Either God is getting the glory or the preacher's getting the glory. If I'm using the words of my own wisdom, I'm going to get the glory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When God ducks behind, yeah, the dark pillows of eternity. When God spit out the Milky Way and when planets flashed, when angels bowed, prostrate. You, you, you know, we, we got to be so careful because you ain't preaching the cross of Christ. You're trying to impress people with what you heard because there's nothing new under the sun. If I pay enough tapes, I'm going to find out where you got it from. Can I get a witness? Are you, are you, are you talking back to me? All I got to do is listen, listen to enough tapes. I'm going to find out where you got it from. Praise God. Then I'll find out where they got it from. Can I get a witness? Jesus. So, so Paul says, what is meaningful is the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. No, 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 no. Well, what's the demonstration? Huh. My life. I was unsaved, going to hell, fornicator, partying in the world. Come on now, doing my thing, but God. And you who were dead in trespasses and sins, have he now quickened, made alive. If Jesus is not getting all of the credit, Jesus don't want none of the credit. Are you getting this? See, I keep telling people in ministry, a lot of these guys going to pastor, I tell them all the time, your job 
is to build a bridge from the people to Jesus. Not from the people to you. My job in faithfulness is to teach you how to go to him. How to depend on him. How to pray to him. My job is not for you to come to me. Don't call me up. You'll be up there, Pastor, I need help. And I might say, I need help too. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm just as much hell as you in. I, I can't. I, hey, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't getting this. It is a lack of integrity when you build a bridge from people who are hurting to yourself. You just took Jesus out of the equation. I'll come back to that. That's more powerful than you think. Baby, if you're having problems, just call me up. Who the heck are you? Excuse me, your marriage ain't right. Your children ain't right. Your mind ain't right. How you gonna have people who are hurting to come to you? I'll leave that one alone. God's redeemed wisdom is always centered in Jesus Christ. In him are all the benefits and blessings of God. In him is the fullness of God in bodily form. He is the heavenly, yeah, representative. In him all the promises of God are yea and amen. In who? In him. Now unto him who keeps us from falling. Listen, I should be dead and in hell, but God. When I think about the goodness of Jesus, and there's some stories I ain't never told nobody at all. He's done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. The longer I study, I said this this morning, I don't believe I'm a total five-point Calvinist, but I'm close. Some people don't like that. Here's the five points Calvinism believes in total depravity, which means man cannot do anything to enhance his faith in God. He's totally depraved. He doesn't have some sin, he's full of sin. The second tenet of five point Calvinism is unconditional election. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? John 15, 16. And we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We were adopted. We were predestinated. Ephesians chapter 1. The third tenant is, Lord have mercy, limited atonement. Well, what is limited atonement? The atonement is the shedding of his blood to justify sinners Five-point Calvinists say it was limited to a certain group of people who are elected. I can't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but the Bible says in Matthew 1.21, Jesus said, I came to save, he came to save his people. What are you going to do with that verse? And all that the Father give me, I shall lose none. And you can't even come to me unless the Father draws you. Uh, and the fourth tenet is irresistible grace. When God calls, you got to come. God ain't never called nobody and they hung up on him. Look, 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 many were called. The call went out, but few were chosen. 
And then the last tenet is the perseverance of the saints. We cannot fall away from grace. Oh, so you say, well, Pastor, are you five point cut? No, I'm four and three quarters, but I'm, I'm right there. Man gets no credit for anything. Jesus did it all. All to him I owe. Sin have left a crimson stain. He washed me. Whitest. Now, 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 I know, I know, I know some of y'all looking at me saying, he's losing it. No, this is not Easter morning. I'm not losing it. We fine. I'm trying to teach you some systematic theology. And I'm going to prove some of these points. Here's what you need to understand. We not only see a redeemed wisdom of God's saints, we see a revealed wisdom of God's secrets. Go back to chapter 2. Look at the secrets. He says, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, teleos, perfect. Now stop. Paul begins with the spiritual believer. Look what he says. We speak the wisdom of God to the perfect mature. Not babes in Christ, mature. Next week, should the Lord's be life, we're going to be in chapter 3. We're going to deal with milk, meat, and madness. Some of us on milk. We can't eat meat. You know, a baby can't eat meat. If you got a six-month-old baby and they chewing steak, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> Check out what he says. Verse 6, how be it, we speak wisdom to those that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to what? Futile, not, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mysterion. Mysterion is the Greek word for mystery, something that was previously hid that's now revealed. Now, stop, look up. There are things in your life that was hid, and because you are a spiritual Christian trying to grow the Holy Spirit slowly pulled back the cover. He lets you see things now you could never see before. I'm preaching up in this place now. There's some things the Spirit of God showed me about myself and I was, my mouth dropped. And here's what he said, oh no, you didn't just start doing this. You've been this way all your life. You just couldn't discern it. Whether it was self-centeredness, whether it was pride, whether it was a polluted mind, polluted mouth. Are, are you praying with me? He, he, he says, listen to me, a hidden wisdom. Now there's some things that was hiding and now the Holy Spirit is going to bring it out in the open. Now, 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 I said this this morning. God does not talk to me about you. I'm tired of that too. Some of y'all sophisticated witch doctors, that's all you are. That's all you are. Well, the Lord told me, I had a woman across the street, 1987. She come up to me. I just started pastoring 26 years ago. She come to me, the Lord told me to tell you. I said, excuse me, go back and tell the Lord I'll be in my bedroom tonight. He can talk to me by himself. That ain't happening in here. You're making yourself a soothsayer. You're a medium. Now you're going to tell me what God, God going to tell you about me, but he ain't telling you about you. He ain't telling you about all the hell in your life. He ain't telling you, he ain't telling you the fact that you don't tithe. He ain't telling you the fact that you don't serve. He ain't telling you that you're dirty, you're rotten, you're no good, you're gossip, but he going to tell you about me. You a liar from the pit. Can I get a witness? Here's what the Lord will tell you about me. Pray for him. Isn't that right? Yes, 
It's tight, but it's right. Uh, you know, pe- and you know, people mean well. Instead of them saying, well, the Lord didn't tell me nothing, but here's what I think. You want to come to church and lie on God. The Lord ain't tell me to dress down. And the Lord didn't tell you was ignorant either, but you are. I'm sick of that. Oh, somebody need to preach it. We in everybody else's backyard, aren't we? We in everybody else's business, but ours. Put that bottle down, you keep drinking. Stop going to your masquerade parties. Were you hiding behind something you ought not be hiding behind? Oh, I'm preaching up in this place now. Clean out your own backyard. Take the two by four out of your eye before you move the toothpick out of mine. Now, no, no, what you saying? Pastor loves you. There's a disclosure to the perfect. There's a disclosure to the private. The hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world was, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have what? If they know so much wisdom, they would have never touched Jesus. Because they would have knew that Jesus is God. Let me, let me stop Paul's in part because I like ticking people off anyhow. That's my gift. I'm tired of these so-called faiths, religions, talking about Jesus is not God. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Well, he was a good prophet. He, he was a good teacher. He's not God. Oh, he's God. He's the second person of the God head. He always was. He's the oneness of was. He's the theophanies in the Old Testament. Every time you see a, an appearance of the angel of the Lord, it's Jesus. Can I get a witness? He was, he was in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew boys. Can I get a witness? He was in the lion's den with uh, Daniel. Can I get a witness? He was in a burning bush when Moses saw him. Can I get a witness? Jesus was at the trees of Mamre having a meal with Abraham. He's all through the Old Testament. My God. He's not Michael's brother. He's not Satan's cousin. He's God all by himself. Just as that blind man in John chapter 9, when the Pharisees caught the blind man and said, who healed you? He said, well, I can't remember his name, but he, they said, was it Jesus? He said, yeah, I guess that was him. He said, well, Jesus is nothing but a dirty, no good, lying sinner. And the man said, well, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But what I do know is that I was blind, but now I see. Disclosure of enlightenment. Are you with me? Now look at verse 9. But as it is written, Isaiah 64, I hath not seen. Yeah, hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now let me stop pausing part because I'm sick of the whole church trying to go to glory with this verse too. Everybody in church don't love Jesus. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Can I get a witness? And we know that all things are working together for the good. No, stop. Everything ain't working together for y'all good. 
for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purposes. Are your purposes his purposes? Or do you have another vision? Can I get a witness? Don't answer. He says, I will not forget the labor of love you've shown towards my name. Look what he says. God says, I have prepared something special for them that love me. Now, now, look, I said this this morning. Oh, Lord, this is tight. I've seen what God will do with a sinner. A sinning saint. He'll show mercy. He'll bring reconciliation and restoration. He may even bless them. Can I get a witness? What I want to see is what is God going to do with a yielded saint? If God does all that with a sinning saint, what in the world is he going to do with a yielded Sing. Are y'all getting this? Leave that one alone. He, he, he deals with these disclosures. And, 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 and listen, let me say this to you. God, God has, in the time I've been saved, God has been pulling stuff back and showing me stuff that I didn't even know about. Raymond, let me show you in love how messed up you were. Let me pull this blanket back. I'm not telling you, I'm not talking to you about Bruce. <laughs> let me pull the blanket back and show you just how messed up you were. Your enslavement to sin your addiction to fornication, your, 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 your domination of the sin nature, your, your, your all the mess. I, I want to show it to you before I move it so you can praise me. From whom all blessings flow. He, he's the potter, I'm the clay. Can, are, you, are you praying with me? See, 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 we, we talk, Lord, heal me. No, God going to show you stuff you don't even want to see. And when he shows it to you, he just wants with tears in your eyes, just say, Lord Jesus, bring healing. Can I get a witness? And when God brings the healing, can I get a witness? Then he'll give you an unction to give him the credit for removing it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God that leads. And let me, let me tell you something else he's going to pull back. He's not only going to pull back ugly stuff we did, he's going to pull back all the stuff you and I planned and never did. <laughs> Leave that one alone. That, that's going too far. Can I get a witness? The stuff we thought, the places we went, what we did. You know what? Listen, listen, listen. You know why? You know why God can't get all the glory? Because we won't tell the whole story. That's why he ain't getting the glory. I remember one Wednesday night at court. This was years ago. We was in court. I was teaching. Place was packed out. And I've seen people come in. They always come in. I, I've never seen before. And this very attractive young lady sat in the back, and she raised her hand and said, I have a testimony, Pastor. And I said, go ahead. She said, well, you know, I was a prostitute for years. And all the brothers in here said, <laughs> she said, but now I'm saved. The Lord took me out of that life. So after core, I noticed a crowd was around me. It wasn't no sisters. It was all brothers. Welcome to St. Matthew's. Welcome to St. Matthew's. And, and I just sit there and say, here we go. It's okay to welcome people in the church. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe she's not fully healed. <laughs> but look at this. We, we, third, we see a regenerated wisdom of God's spirit. It's getting tied up in here. Look at verse 10. But God, what did God do? He has revealed unto us by his spirit for the spirit search of all things, the deep things of God. Three words, disclosure, deep, discerning. He gives us the deep things of God. Now, pay attention to pastor. I'm coming in for landing. This one's deep. What are the deep things of God? Deep things that only God himself knows. Deep things that you just did not find out coincidentally. Deep wisdom that didn't come from you. It came to others. I've gone to the hospital in 26 years, people with cancer, and I have laid oil on them and touched them and prayed, and miraculously they walked out healed. You know why you don't hear me talking about that? Because I told you, my healing ministry is 50-50. 50% live and 50% die. I ain't got no white suit. I ain't professing to be some miraculous healer. If, if it's God's will for you to be healed, he'll heal you. If it's not God's will for you to be healed, he takes you home. Can I get a witness? Y'all can't buy into this. See, all healing is of God. Can I get a witness? He's sovereign in who he heals, when he heals, how he heals, which way he heals. He's sovereign. And guess what? He don't need no sinning preacher to lay hands on you to heal you. He can heal you from his throne. He can fake healing and you'll be healed. Do I have a witness? You say, well, I don't know why all this is happening to me. Well, what's happening to you? Well, I, I just got diagnosed with cancer, and I went to the hospital, and I laid there, went through chemo, but I led the person in the next bed to Jesus Christ. The next day, they put me under the chemo and found out all cancer was gone. So from God's perspective, he ushered you into the hospital, so he could use you to heal somebody. Then he ushered you back out with a testimony. Ain't the Lord good? Ain't he good? Ain't he good? My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I got to move out of here. Finally, look at the renewed wisdom of God's search. Go back to verse 10b. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For no man knows the things of man except the Spirit which is in man. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, know, gnusko, know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words of man's wisdom, which teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. And here's how you discern truth, comparing things with things, spiritual things. But, I'm coming in now. Third group, the natural man. Uh-huh. The word natural means soulish. The man that lives by his feelings. Mm-hmm. Cannot know the things of the spirit 
of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now stop. Next week, milk, meat, madness. Three groups, carnal Christians, which refutes the doctrine of lordship salvation. Is Jesus Lord? Absolutely. Is he Savior? Absolutely. You don't get saved and Jesus becomes your Lord right away. That's a growing thing. Thomas said after Jesus showed him the holiness out, he said, my Lord and my God. Lordship is when you are persuaded. (sighs) No turning back. No chance of me going the other way. Lordship means you don't do anything unless you call up headquarters. You don't take a job. You don't, Lord, have mercy. You don't do anything unless you call up the Lord. So when I ask, is Jesus your Lord? Be careful when you raise your hand. Did you pray about them shoes you have on this morning? No, well, he ain't Lord. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Did you pray about that wife or husband you hope to marry? Don't answer. You better pray at least six months. For wisdom. Listen, I'm throwing this in freely. We're getting ready to get out. Lord, give me sight of what I can't see. Well, we've dated six months, and you know me like the back of your hand, and I know you. What's preventing us from being baptized? (laughs) See, my counsel to people that want to get married is this. No, you better make sure your feelings, your Lust for money, your lust for this, uh, did not, you better make sure you hear from God. This, you ought to, it ought to be like this. This is the man I want you to marry. Well, Lord, shake the place. <laughs> Don't come down this aisle on no humbug. I'm scaring some of y'all. I've seen it. Haven't you seen it? And think about a wedding. Isn't the wedding beautiful? Come on, it's beautiful. The church is cleaned. It's decorated. Everybody is dressed and they're sitting there. Isn't it a beautiful occasion? Isn't it beautiful? The doors open up. The groom is down here. Stand for the bride. She come. She come in. She look, boy. She just stepping down. You don't see no baggage, do you? You don't see no. You don't see no duffel bags, do you? You will. Got a head done for the first time. Lord Jesus. Here, here's the man with a, a rented tuck. He got to turn back in Monday. This thing is beautiful, Doc. We stand here in the presence of God and this company to join together this man and woman in holy matrimony. If there's any that has, and you ought to be, if it ain't God's will, you ought to pray. Somebody say, ah, well. We go through this, then they march back out. Then you go to a hall, people eat all your food and then talk about you. And your bill is about $15,000. Then you get on a plane and go on a honeymoon. And everything is just hunky-dory. It's great. 
Then you come back home and the, wed the, the wedding turns into a marriage. Here we go. I don't know why I married you. You about the most triflingest person I ever met in my life. Here we go. It's like a roller coaster. You go up slow. Bruce, when you hit it, and you got a nerve to scream when you go down. Then after you scream and come down, then you look at each other and say, let's do it again. <laughs> look at this. Let me close on this. Let me close on this. Marriage is beautiful. Praise Jesus. Sister Gordon said, marriage is for holiness, not happiness. I quoted who said it. I was looking for something else. All right, look at this. Check it out. Let's close on this. But he that is spiritual judgeth what? All things, yet he is judge of no man. For he who hath known, here spiritual, the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him but we that are spiritual have the mind of Christ. What a passage. Spiritual Christian, carnal Christian, unsaved. They cannot discern the deep things of God. Amen. What are the deep things? that I can be going through hell, but have peace. That things could be hitting me from every angle, but I got a song in my heart. That I'm walking by faith, not by sight. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Can I get a witness? That the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be? afraid wisdom ask God for wisdom let's stay on our feet this morning as every head is bowed with eyes closed if you're here this morning and you need to be saved Jesus died for your sins was buried and rose again just raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ he said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Raise your hand in honesty. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you are saved. You want to join a Christian experience. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I see your hand. Come on up. Thank you for your honesty. Praise Jesus. Is there another? Come on. Come on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Look at, look at Jesus. Turn around. Come on, darling. Praise Jesus. Thank you, baby. Come on, is there another? Is there another? Come give your life to Jesus. He will make it new. He'll turn it around. He'll clean it up. He'll bless you. Is there another? Pastor Freeman, come on to the front. I heard you in the back. He's not back there. Uh, he's coming up. Come on, give your life to Christ, boy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Is there another? Is there another? Let's look to the Lord. Thank God for these people. Thank you for coming. Jesus loves you. He's the son of God. He died for your sins. Father, in the name of Jesus, in all thy getting, get wisdom. For it is the principal thing. The fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. Father, give us sight, insight, foresight, and a perspective on hindsight. Don't let us move till we hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. See you Wednesday at CORE. Love you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.